Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hey everyone, welcome to the Live Off Rent Podcasts. I am Spark Rental co-founder Brian Davis, and today is a Denny episode. You get both <laughs> co-founders of Spark Rental today. Denny, how are you doing? I am doing good, doing good. I was got to spend some time with grandkids over the weekend, and that is always my favorite thing to do. Well, you know, I, I got to spend time with my my parents and my you know daughter together, and so my daughter got some grandparent time. <laughs> And your mother must have been ecstatic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's That's always fun to me. And I, I was able to um, go into Florida uh, next week. So I'm getting awesome. ready for that. So I just want to be in the warm. <laughs> well, I confess, I'm looking forward to getting back down to South America. We're in summer <laughs> right now. Uh, but it's been it's been so nice to be back in the U.S. for the holidays and and to spend some time with family and have my, my three-year-old daughter spend some time with, with my parents and, and my that's wife's parents. Awesome. And that's the kind of stuff that you can do when, A, you work for yourself, and, and B, uh, you have passive income coming in, so, which is exactly what we'll be talking about today, hus- sort of. Right. <laughs> sort and of. I was just talking to my husband that um, we're, we're scheduling also. We, we, uh, we just like, I like farms and animals, so yeah. that's my happy place that we're scheduling one of those kind of trips soon love it i love it and will you guys be taking the rv on that trip or is that just gonna be like a day trip no it'll be a, just a weekend trip um but we are looking forward to warmer weather so we can go <laughs> <laughs> yeah so for those of you who don't know it denny and her husband recently bought an rv they've been doing some rving around the country uh which is an awesome way to see the country. You get a, a true sense for just how big and diverse this country is when you drive it instead of just flying over it. Yes. All so, right. Denny, on that note, let's talk today about what the heck is co-investing in real estate anyway? You know, we throw this term around, but a lot of people have never heard of it. They don't understand what we're talking about when we talk about co-investing. So can you give us like the very high level overview of what co-investing in real estate is? Well, here's my definition. Co-investing is getting a great group of people together and we vet deals. We vet larger deals, not, you know, duplexes, triplexes, or a single family. They're usually large multifamily complexes, mobile home parks, car washes, storage facilities, so many things, which is one of the things I love about it because it's so diversified. And then we all put in at least 5,000, but anywhere up from there. And we all get like a little piece of it. And sometimes we get quarterly distributions and eventually it sells and we get hopefully more than our money back. Sometimes it refinances, right, Brian? And we continue getting distributions. Well, sure. So, but I want to zoom out even further. So co-investing just big picture in real estate is going in on any real estate investment with a group of other investors. Now that could be a direct 
property purchase, right? You know, you and five of your friends could buy a, a property together, whether that's a, a single family property, a multifamily property, you know, whatever, Airbnb, even a house flip. Uh, or it could be a passive investment in real estate, like what Denny was just talking about, where you, you go in on a, a passive real estate syndication with some other investors. So there's there's a couple of different ways that this can shake out, depending on what type of investing you are attracted to. So with a direct or active investment, co-investing, you go in on a property with some other investors. Maybe it's a single family rental property. You help fund the purchase, but you personally probably aren't doing the actual labor or the work involved in it. You're probably a silent partner in that deal. Doesn't that upset you, Brian, that you don't have to do the hands-on work? <laughs> oh yeah, it makes me so so mad. So I'm I'm, I'm so depressed <laughs> that I no longer have to deal with terrible tenants. <laughs> Anyway, good. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no. So you, uh, with with direct property investments, you go in on it with some other people. You help fund it. You get your share of the profits, your share of the cash flow. You get your your share of the the tax advantages. And we'll talk more about that in a minute as well. Um, you probably don't. You know, pro probably one person in the group is handling the actual heavy lifting. You know, the the labor that's involved in finding the deal and screening tenants and managing the property and hassling with accounting and all that stuff. Uh, most of the people involved in, in that co-investment in that property are probably just passive or silent partners in that deal. And Denny, you and I, when we first started experimenting with co-investing with our audience, you know, with, with a group of club members, investment club members, we started actually with some of these single family properties. We did a, a single family flip, you know, as a co-investment. We did a, a rental property, a single family long-term rental property as a, a right. co-investment with a group of investors. Uh, and it was it was fun. You get you get to be a, a landlord or, or an investor without having to do the work. Um, but somebody has to do the work, right? <laughs> and you have to work that out with your, your partners. Now, you guys are probably familiar with that style of investing, right? I mean, everyone's familiar with rental properties, with flipping houses. You get the gist of it. And the whole co-investing aspect of it is just doing that thing that you already know about with a few other people, right? right? So there's nothing new there, no new concepts. With passive real estate investing in things like real estate syndications or funds, you know, these are private equity investments that a lot of people are not familiar with and they, they find those terms intimidating, right? You know, people hear the words private equity, they hear the words real estate syndication, they don't really understand them, they don't really understand what's involved. Uh, so that is a little bit more of a conversation, but Denny gave us a a great introduction to what it is that that we're doing as an investment club, a co-investing club. Uh, in some of those, you're basically just buying fractional ownership in a property, just like you would be with a, a single-family rental property. It's just a much bigger property, right? Like it's <laughs> it's a 200-unit apartment complex, for example, or it's a big self-storage facility or mobile home park or whatever that. You would be really hard pressed to go in on either by yourself or with even just a couple other investors. So if you nice too when you're whether you're co-investing or you're doing like a club type investing like we do with the passive investing is there are so many um, experiences and you know it's nice to be able to pull in other people's ideas and again experiences and I just think it's it's helpful. And I, I actually think it lessens risk. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So when you can invest with, say, $5,000, 
in a, a property as opposed to $50,000, $100,000, you know, having to come up with a down payment, having to come up with closing costs. I mean, you're looking at tens of thousands of dollars, bare minimum, to buy a rental property or any kind of direct investment property by yourself. Right. Uh, or even, you know, if you go on it with a couple of friends, you know, you're still looking at coming up with probably more than $5,000, right? <laughs> but when you can invest five grand per property, you can spread money across a lot of different properties and spread that risk across because like everything else, your returns on real estate investments probably are going to look like a bell curve, right? Some of them are going to be low. Some of them are going to be high. Most of them will be somewhere in the middle. So by spreading that risk, you don't put so much money in one single investment that could, it could belly flop on you, right? right. <laughs> uh, and you could lose potentially everything, uh, you know, in, in, or, or at least a lot of money in that deal. Uh, so it, it does reduce risk to your point, Tenny, about uh, when, when you can spread small amounts of money across a lot of different properties. Absolutely. Brian, can you just talk a little bit more about the word? Because I know we get a lot of this, but what the word syndication, can you speak a little bit about what that is? Break it down a little bit so it's not so intimidating. Absolutely. So a real estate syndication deal is a, it's a commercial real estate deal where a professional investor finds a property that they want to buy. They can't afford to buy it by themselves, right? Because you're talking about millions of dollars probably. So they go out, they get a loan for some of it. They put some of their own cash in as a down payment, but then they still need more to raise more money, right? They, to buy the property, put down the down payment, come up with closing costs. So they turn to financial investors like you and me, who end up becoming basically silent partners in this deal. And we, for our part, for our money, get a small chunk of this property, right? We get a proportional amount of ownership in this property based on what we invest. And that entitles us to cash flow. You know, Denny, at the top of the show, you mentioned distributions. Uh, and these don't necessarily start right away. Sometimes it takes some time for the property to stabilize. You know, often the the main investor, also known as the sponsor or the syndicator, they have to renovate the property first. So you're not, it's not generating cash flow right away. Uh, but in some cases, it does generate cash flow right away. So you start collecting cash flow, whether that's from day one or maybe six months in or 12 months in or even two years in, you know, whatever it is start collecting cash flow distributions. You also are entitled to your share of the equity in the property. So as the property appreciates and eventually sells, you, you're entitled to those profits upon sale. Uh, and you get full tax benefits. And we can talk more about those in a moment. But you get all of the benefits of real estate investing without having to do any of the work of becoming a landlord or learning how to find deals, uh, having to negotiate with contractors or, or oversee contractors or tenants or property managers or accountants or any of those headaches that come along with owning real estate. And if you go out and become a landlord yourself or become an active real estate investor yourself, you have to learn all of those skills before you do it or else you're likely to lose money. So passive real estate investing is exactly that. It's passive. What can we usually expect in returns? We typically aim for 15 to 25% returns in our co-investing club when we look at different deals from different syndicators. When f people first hear those returns, they say, oh, that sounds too good to be true. You know, The risk must be through the roof if the returns are that high. And the fact is, risk isn't the only factor here, right? I mean, there are some inconveniences uh, and that are involved with passive real estate investing. Mm -hmm. So that's taken into account with those returns for sponsors, for syndicators to attract 
financial investors like you and me, they have to entice us with higher returns. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the risk is, is equivalently higher. These are not liquid investments, right? Once you invest, your money's tied up for typically four, five, six years, maybe even longer. That's an inconvenience. The minimum investment is an inconvenience. Learning how to vet these deals, it's all an inconvenience as opposed to just investing money in a, a passive index fund in the stock market, right? That has full liquidity and you can invest with 50 bucks or you know, very little money. So there are some inconveniences here and that is what helps keep the returns high. Those barriers to entry help keep the returns high. And the biggest barrier to entry is that the typical minimum investment in these deals is either $50,000 or $100,000, which puts them out of reach for the average American, right? The average investor. So that's why Denny and I created the co-investing club. So we can all merge our money together and go in on these together. So each person can invest with five grand, you know, maybe 10 grand, you know, whatever you have that you want to invest, as opposed to having to plunk $100,000 in a single property. You know, it would take the average person a long time to come up with that money. And then let's talk a little bit about the accredited versus non-accredited and how that can sometimes, a lot of times actually be a barrier. Yeah. So historically, these private equity real estate syndications were only available to accredited investors. And accredited investors uh, is a term that's, that the government came up with uh, to describe wealthy investors, basically. So <laughs> net worth over a million dollars, not including equity in your home, or an income of at least $200,000 for the last two years. If you're single, $300,000 a year if you're married. So <clears throat> they, Uncle Sam basically doesn't think that normal people, middle-class people, everyday people are responsible or informed enough to invest in private equity. Uh, it's, it's pretty paternalistic on the part of the government, if you ask me. Uh, but who am I to judge Uncle Sam? <laughs> that being said, there are plenty of real estate syndication deals out there that do allow non-accredited investors. And that is what we focus on in our co-investing club. We only look at deals that allow everyone to participate, not just wealthy investors. What about how often does our club do deals and how often can anybody, just out of curiosity about how many deals do we do in a month, two months, whatever? Yeah. So we aim for an average of one deal a month. Sometimes it might be two deals a month. Sometimes it might be no deals a month. Just depends on what deals become available. I mean, these are opportunistic. You know, we just have to wait and see what comes along. Um, when we see something that looks good, we throw it out there. We, we propose it to the club and we vet it together as a club. Yep. Um, and we're not just grabbing time. just to have an investment. You know, we are truly as a club, right? Looking for a good investment for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And so in 2023, we did 13 deals total as a club. Uh, we're hoping to do around the same number this year. So an average of about one a month in our club. Denny, tell us about the tax advantages with real estate syndications, because this is something that a lot of people will find confusing. So yeah, I mean, can you break those down for people in a, in a simple fashion? <laughs> I'm, I'll try. <laughs> I think well, you're better at this than I am. If, if you need help, I'll step in. I might. I mean, you still do get the depreciation, and which is nice. And yeah, you take over here. <laughs> <laughs> so you get all the standard 
tax deductions, those come off the bottom line number that you get on your K-1 at the end of the year. And that in itself is actually worth highlighting that instead of having to do any of the accounting yourself for these, you just get a K-1 form from the, the syndicator, the sponsor at the end of the year. And that number just plugs right into your tax return. So you don't have to do any of the heavy lifting when it comes to your tax prep or accounting or any of that. All of the expenses that are deductible for landlords, also deductible for real estate syndications. But again, those just come off your bottom line number. You don't have to do any of that work yourself. You don't have to track them. You get something called accelerated depreciation with these. Uncle Sam lets you write off the theoretical loss of value for the building over time. Now, of course, most real estate appreciate in value over time, but you still get to write off the uh, the theoretical loss in value of a physical structure over time. Uh, that gets super complicated. We will add a link to an article all about how depreciation works in the, the links here. But one of the nice things about real estate syndications is you get to take a lot more of that depreciation right up front, uh, which is why they call it accelerated depreciation. So you get to show a loss on your tax return, even though you're actually collecting cash flow in real life is the bottom line. So you know you might collect $1,000, $2,000, whatever for that particular syndication over the course of the year in, in distributions, but you show a, a $15,000 loss on your tax return, which can be used to offset other passive income, other investment gains, et cetera. So that's great. And when you go and sell that property and you do have a big taxable profit, you can just turn around and reinvest the money in a new syndication deal so that the new depreciation write-off balances out those, those taxable profits that you had from the sale. Of, of the property. Absolutely. And, and then what if refinance happens? Yeah. And actually, Denny, you touched on this at the very beginning of the episode. If the sponsor, the, the syndicator refinances the property rather than selling it, often investors like you and me, the, you know, the passive investors, the silent investors, we get our initial investment back, but we keep our ownership interest in the property. So we keep collecting cash flow, keep collecting distributions, keep getting the appreciation every year that goes by in the property, but we no longer have a single cent of our own money tied up in the property, which is a great feeling. <laughs> so you can take that money, you can keep reinvesting it in other projects and that there's no limit on the kind of returns you can earn when you can just keep reinvesting the same money over and over and over again in different investments. Well, all in all, Brian, to summarize, what are your what are your takeaways? I mean, you have, we both have invested and I just, you know, what are you feeling so far? You've had, we've had a few downs, but mostly we've had ups. So what do you think overall? Right. <laughs> so, you know, I cut my teeth in real estate as a rental investor, uh, landlord, and it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's it's a ton of work, you know, between contractors and city inspectors and permits and tenants and property managers. It's and finding deals in itself is is a lot of work if you're doing it right. If you're actually buying deals at a bargain and not just paying the market value by what's on the MLS. So, as someone who's in his 40s now, I no longer have the time or the interest in any of that work. Uh, I would much rather passively invest in real estate these days, just writing a check basically. So I do. <laughs> That's how I invest nowadays in real estate. Um, 
I don't mind not having the control over the investments anymore. I just want the returns, right? I just want the money. So happy to sit back, collect the cash flow, and as property sell, you know, get the profit paycheck. And then when the money comes back, I reinvest it in something else. So <laughs> yeah, I personally enjoy passive investing and co-investing, you know, going in on these as a group makes it even easier. You get to vet the deals together as a group. And, and you know, Denny, you mentioned listening to other people's experience and, you know, other people's expertise to help you vet those deals so that you don't have to come in as an expert investor yourself. You can just kind of piggyback on other investors' experiences. So I love that. You know, I love investing as part of a club, you know, co-investing together as a club, which is what we do. And we'll add a link to that as well for anyone who's interested. Um, but, you know, co-investing in single family deals with some of your friends and family, that can work too if you really trust your friends and family. And, and if you have at least one person who is an expert real estate investor who's going to do all the heavy lifting, right? And, you know, maybe in exchange, they get a, a larger cut of the profits or whatever. But uh, if you are, that, that is a perfectly valid way to invest, you know, co-investing in active real estate deals, direct property investing deals. If you have at least one expert investor among your your group that you're co-investing with. It is a good way. And I've done that before and I've had good results, but you also have to be careful of certain partners because I did have an investment um, of a, like a small apartment building with a tavern on the first floor. And, and it was not, um, it was just tough with some of the other uh, investors and partners. You know, there was some disagreements and how we wanted to move forward and, and things like that. So you have to be careful and just kind of know who you're partnering up with. No question. <laughs> yeah, no, that is uh, a lesson that I learned very early on in business is you have to have 100% trust in your partners or else you should not be in business with them at all. And make no mistake, real estate investments, it is a business in its own right. Yes. Uh, unless you're investing passively. <laughs> uh, but if you're investing actively, it's a business. Uh, Denny, any other thoughts about co-investing in real estate that you want to share before we call this episode complete? No, I don't think so. But I, I do invite everybody to please ask questions. Um, you can either ask in the chat or you can email us. We're always available. Denise at sparkrunnel.com, Brian at sparkrunnel.com. And to me, the co-investing club with the syndication partners, it's a different concept for me. And I'm much older. So the fact that you can learn something new, even when you're older and, <laughs> and, and get involved in it. And it's been a really good experience. So check it out. Reach out with questions. All right. Well, guys, if you enjoy these conversations that we have, please rate, review the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. And we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us. And we will catch you on the flip side.